said, after these things, and we looked at that last week, the divine outline. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet, speaking with me, said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. So we're continuing on the after these things. We went over the divine outline last week, if you weren't here. Um, and that was, um, Jesus told John, uh, to write the things you have seen, write the things which are, and the things which shall take place after these things, meditata. So we're at the after these things point now. And we broke that down last week. If you haven't um, saw that, I would say go back and look at it because it's going to help lay the foundation on where we're heading today. Um, today we're going to be going into the divine transition. There's a transition that happens um, in heaven. There's a transition that happens with John. And John goes from, well, he says in verse 2, immediately I was in the spirit. You're going to see a lot of that through the book of Revelation. It's quickly, uh, immediately. It's a very fast-moving book. As you read Revelation, you just feel like you're just being swept up. It's going boom, 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 boom. And that's how it was coming to John. So he says, immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and the one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone in sardis in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. I want you to see that this encounter, first, this is a real encounter. This is a real experience that John is having. Some people will say like he was just, um, just having a vision. It wasn't a real encounter. Um, he, the, he was caught up. I think there's a picture of him like almost, I'm not going to say this is an exact thing of the rapture of the church. That we can say, well, John went, went to heaven, so the church is going. You can, I can see that there's some similarity there. Um, he sees a door open up, just like the church said the door, Jesus would open a door. He hears the sound of a trumpet, and he goes through the door. He is no longer, as we see, he is in the throne room of heaven. He's not on the earth anymore. Now, he may be bodily on the earth. Kind of like Paul. You guys remember when Paul says, I knew a man who was caught up to the third heaven. I don't know. Like he was like, I don't know how to explain all this. All I know is like I'm there. I saw things. I can't even share. John's shown things and he gets to share. So he has an, an encounter and it's a real encounter is what I want you to understand. He was caught up. And I say, it's just Steve Dennison's theology. This isn't, it could be extra biblical. I don't think it's heresy. Um, but I see a picture of John being caught up like the church. From the after these things, John's not even really on the earth anymore for the vision that he gets of the tribulation. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, don't hang your hat on that. It's okay if that totally okay if you don't agree with that. Um, it's just something that I see, and I'll go over that. Here's what I do want you to see, that, and this is fact. Um, this is a real experience because John says, it says, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. John says in the book of Revelation, 70 times I looked. 70 times I looked. That's a pretty real encounter, right? He says 35 times I saw. 35 times in this book. Seven times I beheld. Oh, my bad. I beheld seven times and I heard 23 times and every single one of these when he looked he saw he beheld he heard they're like big things it's not like a little thing it's like i heard like the voice of thunders like i saw like jasper and and like diamond and like 
he's trying to, like, this dude's having a, a real encounter, okay? That's what I want you to understand, because there's some trains of thoughts, and there's some teaching of eschatology that's not, he's not really having a real encounter. I say I don't agree with that. He's having a very real encounter. Um, at least it sure sounds like it from the terminology and the verbs that he uses. Um, at chapter 4, there's a transition in the vision from the end of the church age in the events surrounding the tribulation. Chapters 4 through 22 are future events and also where the catching away happens, the harpazo, the rapture, the rapturo, which is the Latin word. People will say there's no rapture in the Bible. Well, the harpazo is the Greek word for being caught away or snatched away quickly. In the Latin word, in the Latin word, it is rapturo. So rapture is in the Bible, <laughs> especially in the Latin Bible. But it's, it's translated basically caught up or snatched away quickly or even snatched away violently. Like it's a, not just a little, hey, guys, you want to come along? It's like, whoosh, we out, okay? All right, um, like, just like John experienced, hearing the sound of the trumpet, command to come up here and receive the vision in the throne room, initiating the seven-year tribulation. The time is also known as Daniel's 70th week. This is, Daniel's 70th week is the, the henchpin, the linchpin of all biblical prophecy that's uh, for eschatology. And you may think, whatever you think about that, I will turn you to Matthew 24 and say, I know that to be true because that's what Jesus did when his disciples asked him about the eschatology or the last things, the end times. Jesus said, as it was written in the book of Daniel. And he turns them to Daniel and begins to lay out what it's going to look like. So I think if Jesus thought that was probably the place you should go to like hint, cent, center all your theology on eschatology, lots of la la right? That's probably what we should do. Amen? And I hopefully, my, my desire is that we can clearly decipher that and if we do, if we, if we decipher rightly and correctly Daniel's 70th week, we're probably going to be able to interpret correctly, in my humble opinion, the rest of Revelation, if that's what Jesus told us to go to. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. I, I don't know how far we'll get through it today, but praise the Lord, we're going to start it. Um, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 9. And I apologize ahead of time, Beth. I'm going to do something that I didn't give you verses for. Um, if, you, if you possibly can pull up the whole ninth chapter of Daniel, um, we're going to have fun. <laughs> the main text is 24 through 27, which she does have. And this is not her fault. This is all mine. Um, but I think it's good to read. Why, why wouldn't we want to put some context in, in Daniel? Amen. So I just want you to see, and we're going to look at, at the book of Daniel, some history of it here in a sec. But the beginning of the ninth chapter, you know what, while you're doing that, I'm going to do something else, Beth, so no rush, okay? Let me give you a little history on the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is broke up in two sections, a historical section and a prophetic section. If you're taking notes, I would, I would start writing some of this stuff down. And if not, you can look at my notes at some other time, or I can, if you guys really want, I can print notes for you. We have that ability, so praise the Lord, all right? Or you can look at my little cheat sheet of ugly notes that I've been journeying through that I then decipher into other things. But the book of Daniel is chapters 1 through 6 is history. Chapter 7 through 12 is prophecy. Now, the cool thing is it's not necessarily in chronological order. 
So chapters 1 through 4 are historical. They're in order. But chapter in the prophetic side, chapter 7 and 8 come after chapter 4. Does that make sense? So there's a section of prophecy that's aligning with the history, but they don't go like history, prophecy, history, prophecy, history, prophecy. It's history, prophecy. But there's some prophecy that comes after. So for instance, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 are history, which is the intro, the king's dream, Bower Burn, king's ego trip. <laughs> and then 7 and 8 is a prophetic that, that aligns with that time. Then after that, you have history continues in 5 and 6, and then chapters 9, 10, 11, and 12 is prophecy. That's in that time. Make sense? Not so much. So um, chapter 7 and 8 is the time, or 7 is the time of Gentiles, and then chapter 8 is the ram and goat, um, Alexander versus um, the Persians. Um, you have the 70 weeks in chapter 9, the dark side, chapter 10, chapter 11, the silent years. This is pretty cool. Chapter 11... We say that we don't, there's a silent years in the Bible, like between Malachi and the New Testament. That's not really so. If you read Daniel chapter, chapter 11, he gives you what's going on during that time. Pretty cool. We don't see, like there was like this big break after Malachi and, and Matthew. And there's nothing, the Bible doesn't talk about it. That's not so. The Lord gave Daniel prophecy and he writes about it. Pretty interesting. And then you have your chapter 12 conclusion, which is super awesome. And that's where you see, again, the, God really gives Daniel the, the breakdown of the months, the days of the tribulation period of the 70th week, and it, and it all aligns. Um, another fun little fa fact on the book of Daniel is from chapter 2 through chapter 7, it's written in Aramaic. It's the only section of the Old Testament that's not written in Hebrew. Interesting. You, now, I, when I find stuff like that, I'm like, there's got to be a really good reason for that, right? Like, I'm not the sharpest tool, but I'm like, okay, so all the Old Testament's written in Hebrew. But you have in Daniel from chapter 2 to 7, that's not written in Hebrew. I wonder who God's trying to talk to. Well, I wonder if God's wanting us to see, see there's a difference in what I'm trying to say and who I'm speaking to. Can that happen? I don't know if that's the case. I'm pretty sure that's the case. <laughs> I feel pretty good with that. He's speaking in a different language to a different people. And during that time, it is very Gentile, and, and it's during the times of the Gentiles. And then in chapter 8, it goes back to Hebrew. Who do you think he's speaking to? And, and, and point of people of interest. There you go. Israel. And when we speak, just so we're saying, when I speak Israel or Jews, it is as saying like the United States. It's not saying every single person like, if I say the United States is on course for this, that doesn't mean we're all going to have to do that. Or we say Israel is planted, this 70th week is planned for Israel, doesn't mean that there's not Jews that aren't going to receive Christ and not have to go through that. Are we following you? Okay, because I just need to clarify that. Okay. Are we there? Yay. That worked out pretty good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're awesome. Not that he didn't know that already. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of, this is awesome, Ahazir, we'll just say that, um, of Median descent, who was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. 
Now, Daniel at this time is in his 80s. He's reading in the book of Jeremiah, and he's able to decipher and see. He's like, oh, the end of our time of us being under this um, bondage is getting close. He deciphers that. Okay, I want you to see that. Okay, and what does Daniel do? Next section, he begins to pray. Now, I'm not going to read all of that next section, but it's a beautiful section of what praying and fasting and seeking the Lord looks like and being repentant. Um, verse 13 and 14, I will share. Um, it says, he says during his prayer, As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquity and giving attention to thy truth. Now, when I read that some weeks back, I said, man, Lord, that sounds like us. Doesn't it? He says, as it is written in the law of Moses, he's saying, Lord, I know that, that you've said, like, if we don't follow you and we don't listen, there's going to be curses that are going to come upon us. And, and he's not complaining that what's happening to his people isn't just. But he's intervening, he's interceding for his people, and he's being very honest. And he goes on in verse 14, says, Therefore, the Lord has kept the calamity in store and brought it on us. For the Lord our God is righteous with respect to all his deeds which he has done. But we have not obeyed his voice. Now I'm going to jump to verse 20. And he goes on and, and it just keeps he's lamenting and, and praying and interceding for his nation. In verse 20, um, this is all in context of, of the 70 weeks of Daniel. Verse 20 says, Now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel. Now that's a good thing to do, right? This is what repentance looks like. And presenting my supplications before the Lord my God in behalf of the holy mountain of my God. While I was still speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision, which is the angel Gabriel, previously came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening sacrifice. Now this is interesting. There is no evening sacrifice going on because the, that, that has stopped. But Daniel is still honoring those, that time that they would normally go and do that, and he's interceding and praying. I love this about Daniel. It says, And he gave me instruction and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you insight with understanding. At the beginning of your supplications, the command was issued that I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. So give heed to the message and gain understanding of the vision. I want to stop for a second. Verse 22 and 23. This is all free. Angel, Angel Gabriel tells Daniel, I have come, now come forth to give you insight with understanding. There's a key in this next verse that I find very, very interesting. He calls him, in, in this translation, highly esteemed. In most translations, it's going to say beloved or highly loved or greatly loved by God. You're greatly loved by God. The angel's giving him insight into eschatology, in, into things that are going to come. Now you're going, okay, that's pretty interesting. Um, I want to tell you there's some beautiful things that if we will become beloved by him and get and intercede for, for our people and not just for ourselves and spend time in the presence of the Lord, there's going to be some things that he wants to reveal to us. Amen? Now, I want to ask you a question. Be paying attention. It's not a trick question. So Daniel, we could say, was the beloved of the Old Testament. Who's the beloved of the New Testament? John who? Yeah, who, who, get, who got the revelation? And what's his name? The beloved? 
So the, who got the revelation in the Old Testament? Hey, there you go. You start. Daniel is the beloved. And Daniel gets the revelation of what's going to happen in the end times. John is the beloved. And who gets the revelation of what's going to happen in the end times? It pays to be his beloved is all I'm saying. <laughs> you don't want to be in the dark? Get close to him. Right? You might hear some things that other people aren't hearing. Amen? Okay, that was free. Now we're going to get into... Now we're going to get into what I think is, is so... Oh, I've been studying this for months, and I've been waiting for this day, and I, I just got to say, I put a lot of pressure on myself, so bear with me. And there's been so much information. I swear, I've got like a thousand freeways. It looks like L.A. traffic, and Holy Spirit, highlight the road. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 24, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city. If you have a circle or a, a pencil, circle for your people, and then circle holy city. Seventy weeks have been decreed for who? Your people and who? Your holy city. That's important to understand who is the angel writing to? Who is Daniel writing to? Who is this 70-week period for? Also, it was called the time of Jacob's sorrows. Remember, we've looked at that a couple times. All right. Um, just fun fact, Matthew 24, which we're going to look at here. I don't know if it will be today, it'll maybe next week. Jesus is writing to his disciples and to the Jewish people. So they are all in harmony, in agreement. Amen? I'm not making this up, is what I want you to see. If we take scripture and, and apply what is being written, circle, is it important to see who he's writing to? Okay. For your people in your holy city, to finish the transgression. Now this is the scope of what is going to be written. So, And we're going to come back to that. To finish the transgressions, or rebellion, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Dude, there is a lot going on right there. That is the scope of the 70 weeks. And we're going to be able to see, I mean, I think you can put together right here some of those things. Have they happened yet? Some. Have all of them happened yet? No. So I think it's safe to say the 70 weeks are not complete. Right? We're also going to show as we go through this, but I just want you to make note of that, and we're going to come back and look at those individually. It goes on in verse 25. This is the time period, this, the 69 weeks, and then we're going to look at the 70th week. Verse 25 says, So you are to know and discern. Hey, that's good. This angel wants Daniel to know and understand and discern. How many know, like, we should probably know, understand, and discern then? The Lord wants us to know, understand, and discern. So we're going to look at it. Know and discern that from, circle from. Here's the time periods. Circle from. He says, know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until. Okay, I'm not the sharpest guy, but I understand from and until. That's a time period. <laughs> okay, from and until. What's until? Messiah, the prince. There will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Okay, 
High school math tells me Calaveras, that's 69. All right. If there's 70 total, then there's another one to come, right? From here to here is 69. You following me? Okay. This is not as complicated as we would think, right? I'm hoping. (laughs) It says there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again. What? Well, I'm going to say probably what he's talking about, rebuilding Jerusalem. Then after, oh, my bad. Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat. Now that, it means street and wall in Hebrew. It will be built, what will be built again? Jerusalem. Will be built again, why? Because it was desolated. It will be built again with street and wall. Or plaza and moat in this translation. Even in times of distress, this is going to happen, even in times of distress. Well, that's pretty interesting. We're going to look at some biblical time periods, and we're going to look at what was written about that in a minute. Then, look at the word verse 26. Then, after the 62 weeks, which is after the seven, I don't know why he does that. That's a question I'm going to ask when I see Jesus. Like, could you have made this a little more, like, The seven comes first, then the 62, so we're still after 69. Following me? (laughs) Have fun, right? Um, It says, then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. Some translations will say, and appear to have accomplished nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come, so that's future, right? The people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. Verse 27. And he will make a firm covenant with the many. Well, who's he? Go back up. The prince who is to come. Okay? Now, who's the prince who is to come? No. A lot of people will say, Jesus. This is where you're going to get messed up. And a lot of people do get messed up. The prince who is to come will destroy the city and sanctuary. Jesus never destroyed the city and sanctuary. Now watch. I'm going to prove to you in a few different ways it's not Jesus. Keep reading. For the prince who is to come, he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. And that's the seventh, final seventh year. I will. Let's, might as well stop and deal with the week stuff. Okay. And if you're, if you're Jewish and you're Hebrew, you understand that there's seven... God has really does a lot with sevens. He established there to be a week of seven days. God made that happen. He uses, there's biblical weeks that are not just days. There's biblically weeks that are months. There's seven months that act as a week. There's seven year periods that act as a week. There's different Hebrew names for them. Year of Jubilee. There's all kinds of stuff that happens in, in this timetable, and they're by sevens. So Daniel, and if we went back and read in context, Daniel is talking about Years. Remember we read, he was looking at the time period of 70 years that Jeremiah, it's these weeks of years. And this is going to blow your mind when we get there, how precise and accurate the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> Crazy. So there's a seven-year period that's to, that's to come. That's left. It says, and he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abomination will come who, one who makes desolate even until a complete destruction. One that is decreed 
is poured out on the one who makes desolate. Now, who's the prince who is to come? Antichrist. That's right. Does God break his covenants? Does Jesus break his covenants? That's one way I can say, I can guarantee you that ain't Jesus. A whole nother one, he is not setting up an abomination in the temple. That ain't Jesus. He, there's no way he can defile the temple. Amen? Okay. So it's Antichrist, and we can see that through all kinds of other scripture and verse. If you just keep reading Daniel, and you get into Daniel chapter 11, chapter 12, very, very clearly speaks about Antichrist, um, and then gives you the time period again. He breaks it down in days and months, and it all equals seven-year period, but there's a break in it, three and a half years by three and a half years. So we know that final 70th week is a seven-year week, but it's divided in half by three and a half years. It's very, very interesting, um, and, and the, we can follow that through Revelation. We can follow that through. Um, it's pretty awesome. So this 70th week is a very important week. Now let's look at the 69, though, so we can know that we're talking about what's happening in that time, the from and until. Amen? So where do we land in that? Like, that's a good question. Are you asking that question? All right. Where's my notes, by the way? I've been no notes this whole time. Praise the Lord. I'm going to need some notes. So the scope, right in verse 24. Right verse 24, I would put, I put in parentheses. Is that super funny? <laughs> parentheses, verse 24, put the scope. This will help you keep this stuff straightened out. What's the scope mean? It is what is the accomplishment? What, what is supposed to be accomplished during the scope of this time? Okay, this is the list that Daniel's given. The 77s of years would need to bring an end to rebellion. Has that happened for Israel? An end to rebellion? No. To restrain sins or to stop sin. That's what will make an end of sin. Has there been an, has there been an end of sin made yet? I mean, I'm pretty sure we can look around and go, that hasn't happened yet. All right. So there is part of this. I'm just wondering, there's part of this that is still not fulfilled yet. You following? Okay. I'm going to go and show you the parts that have. To atone for guilty sins. Has that happened? Yes. The cross. Amen? Good. Glad you're with me. To make available everlasting righteousness for Israel. Not yet. To seal up vision and prophecy, complete the vision Daniel was given. Is the vision that Daniel was given completed yet? Nope. And I'm going to give you a little fun fact. His vision later on in, in chapter 12, I believe it's Jesus, tells Daniel, seal up the vision. And there's certain sections he says you can't share. Seal it up. What happens in Revelation? There's this scroll that's sealed up, and no one can open the scroll because it's sealed up. Who can open the scroll? Amen. Ding, 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 ding. You liking that? Cool. I liked it too. I'm just saying. I've been having a fun. Um, I've been trying to keep it all straight, but I've been having fun with it. Praise the Lord. Seal up vision and prophecy. Complete the vision that was given to Daniel. The next one, to anoint the Holy of Holies. Has that happened yet? No, there's a Holy of Holies. The temple hasn't been rebuilt yet. Now, this is millennial. There's going to be a millennial temple. We're going to rule and reign. Jesus is going to be on the throne, out of Jerusalem, ruling for a thousand years. That hasn't happened yet. Amen? So this hasn't been completed. 
is all I want you to see for now. So this gives an overview of God's plan for Israel. This passage of scripture is an overview of God's plan for Israel. God's not done with Israel. Um, we kind of went through some of that last week. And if you do any reading through any of the minor prophets and major prophets, you can see they are consistent about a millennial period for Israel. That is going to be, restoration is going to come. There's going to go through some rough spots, but then it's going to be an amazing, and it's consistent all the way through. And Daniel is definitely on that point and on that track. Amen? So, there's an overview of God's plan for Israel. It centers on the atonement of sins and making available an everlasting righteousness provided for by the death and resurrection of Christ. Then it looks ahead to the future because some of the prophecies are still in the future. Israel is experiencing Israel experiencing everlasting righteousness, thus the 70th week has not yet been fulfilled. All right. Now let's look at verse look at easy for me to say, verse 25. And I'm trying to run through this. Man, we ain't going to get very far. Put in parentheses above verse 25 or by the side, 69 weeks. We're going to look at the 69 weeks now, verse 25. From, remember that circle from. So you are to know and discern. Daniel, I want you to understand that from the beginning or the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah, the prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Okay, I'm going to answer a question that I was, and I haven't spent enough time studying this out, but I'm pretty confident on what I'm about to share you. Okay, why is it broken in seven and then 62 after? I'm pretty sure that the seven is, would be 49 years is what it took to build, not the temple. See, this is where we're going to get, there's a bunch of other prophecies in Ezra about the, t the, the decree to build the temple. This doesn't say the decree to build the temple. It says to build what? Jerusalem. So there's a difference between build, rebuilding the temple because that's a different time date. There's different things with that and rebuilding Jerusalem. So from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, not the temple. I even put that in my notes, Howard, because I knew a lot of people are going to go that direction because that's what I did. Until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So seven weeks, that's going to rebuild this part. 62 weeks is for what? If we follow that. Issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah. What's the 62-week period? Messiah. Okay? It's, it's, not, it's not as I need to look. It's telling us from until okay so i'm going to give you a little passage of scripture nehemiah now howard you are on the you're on the right track and let me share there's in Cy, um, king cyrus in 537 bc decreed to rebuild the temple but it was the temple only darius also in ezra chapter 6 1 5 through 8 and 12 decreed rebuild the temple only the temple Artaxerxes, king Artaxerxes in 458 in the book of Ezra, chapter 7, 11 through 26, decreed to rebuild Jerusalem. A written decree. Our God is awesome. Telling Daniel, hey, so when you get hear the decree that's going to be sent out to rebuild Jerusalem, from that point until Messiah will be 69 weeks. 
or 483 years. Now, how precise do you think your God is? Do you think he's just like, he's kind of iffy, like I am? Or do you think he's like extremely, ridiculously precise? Okay, your mind's about to get blown here in a minute. But let's look at what scripture says, amen? Can we do that? Nehemiah, 2, 5 through 18. This is Nehemiah. He says, then I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, I request that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Rebuild what? He said, the city of Judah. Then the king said to me, with the queen sitting beside him, how long will your journey be, and when will you return? Because this is the cupbearer. He's important to the king. He's got favor. So it pleased the king to send me, and I gave him a definite time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given me for the governors of the provinces beyond the river, so that they will allow me to pass through until I come to Judah. And, let, and, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which is by the temple, for the wall of the city, and for the house to which I will go. And the king granted them to me, because the good, thy good hand of my God was on me. Now let's jump to verse 17 and 18 of chapter 2. It says, Then I said to them, You see the bad situation we're in, that Jerusalem is desolate, and its gates have been burned by fire. Come, let's rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, so that we will no longer be a disgrace. And I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me, and also about the king's words, which had, he had spoken to me. Then they said, Let us arise and, be, and build. So they put their hands to the good work. So that is the decree to rebuild Jerusalem. Not the decree to rebuild the temple. And it says specifically, city or road and wall or moat is the same. It's the translation in Hebrew. So it's not the temple. It, this is the city. Now, we can find that date, March 14th, 445 B.C. by King Artaxerxes. Okay, there's an exact date recorded. Now, kind of cool is there's this other prophecy that happens in Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. I mean, this is very, very familiar, especially around, uh, well, it's pretty, pretty familiar. Listen, rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And I will eliminate the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem, and the bow of war will be eliminated, and he will speak peace to the nations, and his dominion will be from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River till the ends of the earth. Now, there is going to be a time of peace for Israel. And it's going to come in that millennium time period. It's a beautiful time. Peace will be established. The lion and the lamb will live together. A kid will be able to pick up a snake. And it ain't going to bite him. That is being prophesied by Zechariah. Now, does that remind you of anything? That Jesus coming on a donkey? Even the foal of a donkey? Luke chapter 19. Verse 41 through 44. Now I want you to... This is speaking of the triumphal entry. Right? And I'm not going to reread all of that, but I want you to see something. Jesus was tried, they tried to make Jesus the Messiah a handful of different times, and he didn't allow them. He said, no, my, not, not, not yet, not time. When did he allow 
Israel to recognize him as Messiah. He set the stage for it, by the way. He told him, go get the donkey. Go. He gets on a donkey. He starts coming in Jerusalem. They're singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're recognizing the Messiah, remember? Now, really cool, at verse 19, 41 through 44, right after that in the book of Luke, it says, when he approached Jerusalem, as he got close, it says, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known on this day, even you, the conditions for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. Now, you remember, I want to stop for a second. You remember the Pharisees are flipping out. They're super upset that what? That people are singing Hosanna. Because they know, they're, they're like, oh, he's on a donkey. They know, they know the prophecy. They are like, you're saying that you're the Messiah. And he tells them, the Pharisees tell Jesus, hey, tell them to stop. And he says, I will not. He says, if they stop, even the rocks will cry out. That wasn't just the rocks were going to worship. The rocks knew. The rocks, all this time has been ordained and set. And if they don't say it, the rocks will. They're going to announce this day, Pharisees. You may, and they knew, I believe, because listen to what Jesus says. He begins to weep. This is so powerful, this section of scripture. It is so prophetic. Jesus begins to weep over the city. Because he knows, they're saying Messiah and Hosanna right now, but he knows real soon they're going to turn on him and the nation of Israel is going to reject him. Now listen to what he writes, what Jesus says. Verse 42, saying, if you had known on this day, on what day? This day. Even you, the conditions for peace. Hmm, what was he saying being prophesied in Zechariah that he would speak peace to the nations. It was Jesus, as I believe it was Jesus' heart, that they would recognize him, and they were wanting the Messiah to come and set up. There would be peace. There could have been peace from that point. But what happened? They rejected him. It says, even you, the conditions for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. What was hidden from their eyes? Their Messiah showing up and coming and accomplishing exactly what Daniel and when Daniel said. Think I'm making this up? For the day will come upon you when your enemies, listen to what he says, for even to the conditions for your peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will put up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side, and they will level you to the ground and throw down your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Because, why? You did not recognize the time of your visitation. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. 70 AD, that happened. The God of this universe, of out of time, sees, knows they're rejecting me. I want peace for you, and he's weeping, knowing that it ain't going to be long and Rome is going to surround Jerusalem, and they're going to tear Jerusalem apart. And what is the reason why? Why is this going to happen? What did Jesus say? Because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. You think the 70-week thing is important? Let me share some things. 
you have 69 years times 69 times 7 years. Amen? Now times that by 360 days. Now just so we know, Hebrews and Jewish use a 360-day calendar. So did the Assyrians, and so did all kinds of people in that time. It's a 360-day calendar. Now when you put in the leap years, and you put in the date between March 14th and April 16th, 32 AD, when Jesus came in the triumphal entry, you come up with 173,880 days. Exactly. Precisely. From until. From until. Do you think that's important? Do you think God wants us to be understanding about the times that we're in? Church, I want you to understand the times that we're in. Why we're doing what we're doing, why we're going through this study, why we're spending a lot of time is because Israel missed the day and the time of his visitation. What do you think God does not want the church to do? doesn't want the world to miss the day or the time of his calling, of the rapture, amen, of his visitation. He does not want us to miss it. Now, he tells us, no man will know the day or the time. But he says, be watching, be paying attention, right? Be ready. It's an imminent. Be watching and be ready. Now, this 70-week thing is, is pretty awesome, and it is hemmed in by Scripture. Um, the discovery of this exact time, because it's always been like most theologians for a long time have been like, yeah, it's pretty close. Like, it's in that, it's in that period. Um, Sir Robert Anderson in 1894 put the calendar of the Hebrew calendar and did the leap years and did and land is like, my gosh, this is exact. There were some people who said, oh, it was from the time of when Jesus came into the earth. I don't believe that because that's when the Messiah, he says, to the time of the Messiah, that's when he allowed himself to be recognized as Messiah, and it lands exactly on that time. Now, as we get to, are we at the next section yet? Got to find a good place to stop. Yes, we can do here. The next section is verse 26. You guys following me so far? Okay. The next section is verse 26. Now, this is probably one of the most controversial sections of Daniel. There's an interval. And I'm going to show you, biblically and scripturally, that there is an interval in verse 26. There, what is an interval? It means there's a space in time. Now, we know that from until has been hemmed up, right? Okay. Now, the Bible's going to tell us some stuff that's going to happen in between or after the from until. And then it tells us the 70th week. There's some stuff that happens between that. Are you, are you following me? That means there's a space of time that is an interval between the 69 weeks and the 70 weeks. And that space of time is called the church age. And we're going to show you some things that happened biblically in that period of time that we know there is a gap of time. Now, this will determine, a lot of this determines where you land eschatologically, like where your thought is. Like, I'm a mid-tribber, I'm an amillennialist, which means, like, I'm, I'm a pre, like, how you interpret Daniel really is going to tell you where, and where you land in, like, 
Matthew 24, like seeing that this was written to Israel, just like Jesus is writing and speaking to his Jewish disciples who are asking him, when's all this stuff going to happen? And he uses Jewish terminology and Jewish culture to explain it. You follow me? Because there's 70 weeks that have been determined that God told Daniel. There's one set of weeks that are still reserved, a seven-year period, which is called the tribulation. Daniel's, Daniel's 70th week, not the churches. Okay, you guys following me? Okay. Total is 490. 483. Oh. Come after church and I'll give you a copy if you guys want to do all that. 173,880 days, but you're going to need a formula that has your leap years and all that in, in, into it, okay? Sir, so-and-so, so-and-so, and there's been all kinds of other theologians since that are like, yep, 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 okay? Um, I'm just going to tell you the from until is, I think, pretty clearly. Jesus said, you missed the day of my visitation. That's why this is coming for you. You could have had peace, and he weeps, Right? I just want you to see that the Holy Spirit is actually knows what he's talking about and is very accurate, okay? Do you, and you guys do me a favor. I've been telling you all this. Study. Study. Don't take my word for nothing. Should you take my word for all of it? I mean, I can say, follow me as I follow Christ. But hey, how do you know I'm following Christ? You better be following this word. If you have questions, study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. And, and I, I want to say, if you come at a different conclusion than I do on this, I'm okay. I'm okay. I still love you. I think you're wrong. <laughs> but hey, let's be honest. You think I'm wrong then. And that's okay. Can we just both be honest about that and go, I don't agree about that. But I still love you. And I can promise you, like most well, now it's called pre-wrath, um, but most mid-trib or, or even post-trib, people think, you know, we're going to go through the tribulation. I don't believe that for a second, and I've shown you lots of different scripture. And we're going to go look at some of those arguments and some of the different things why um, and continue that. But let me share you with this. If, by chance, I'm wrong, and if, by chance, I have to go through tribulation, it's not going to change anything I do. I've already thought about it. What, what, what am I going to do different? Nothing. I'm going to still get up, pray, read my word, have a cup of coffee, and serve God one way or the other. It ain't going to change a thing, except for I won't be having to go through the wrath that is, I don't believe, for his bride. And some people that are mid-post, well, you guys just don't want to go through tribulation. Yeah, duh. Like, that's, like, well, that's, you just don't, so that's why you believe it. No, I don't, not believe that because I don't see it biblically. But you tell me, if you want to go through tribulation, you are, your head is not screwed on straight. And I will be honest enough to say, no, I don't care to do that. I don't care to have, you know, pull my toenails out with pliers either. That doesn't sound like fun. But I don't want to be anywhere that the Lord says you don't have to be. I don't want to be nowhere where I don't see biblically. He says, I am that. I'm not Israel. Amen? When we take pieces that don't fit in a puzzle and try to shove them in a piece, 
we have problems. And I will say, as we go through this journey, we might find some pieces that go, what do I do with this? How does that fit? And I will probably go at some point. I don't know. I don't know. God wants us to understand. He wants us to discern it. And I'm hungry to do it. But there's some things about the Lord I just don't, I don't know. Someday I'm going to know. Amen? But boy, is it fun trying to discover it. It is so exciting when you start revealing all this. You're like, oh my gosh, he's ridiculously awesome. I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> right? Amen? All right, we'll continue this next week. Is that okay? All right, Daniel 70 week. Do some homework, right? Read Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 10, 12. Read Matthew 24. Read the book of Revelation. And then come back. No, don't come back with a thousand questions, but <laughs> I'll try to answer them as we travel through. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Lord, the most important thing I could pray today is do not let us miss the day of your next visitation. Lord, of all the things that I read and studied, this one has been one that has really shook me. How you wept and wept and wept over Jerusalem because you knew what was coming. And you had made provision that it didn't have to. And you had told them and showed, and, and Daniel had prophesied it and wrote it down from this time of the decree to rebuild the city till Messiah will be this time. And they missed it. Some even knew that it was, and they rejected it. Lord, I pray that that's none of our hearts. Lord, that we would know and still reject. Lord, let's be very serious about the times that we're in. I don't believe it's by chance that you have us right here, right now, where we're at. And Lord, I pray that you'd put a hunger in the church, Lord, to study. I pray, Lord, that they would get hungry and serious about inviting people to hear about what God is doing in his time clock. And Lord, how important it is for us to know. You want us to know, Lord, so we can share with people. There's so many people with so many questions right now. And Lord, you have all the answers. Lord, I pray that you help us in the confusion. Lord, help me to discern and... and guide rightly through this journey. Lord, I pray for salvation. Lord, we still, we so want to see 100 people saved. Give us a boldness, Lord, in this time to witness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Was it clear as mud? <laughs> okay.
first server. Yeah, and then this was like. Good morning, New Life. <laughs> Good morning, Facebook family. If you will hop up on your feet, we are going to begin worship. We're going to begin worship.
Worship you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. That it would be our hearts' cry that you are all we want. God, we love you, and Lord, I thank you that you love us. Father, thank you for your presence, for your sweet, sweet spirit this morning in your house, Lord. God, thank you as you speak words to each and every one of us. Through the time of worship, Jesus, you said, my sheep know my voice. Lord, thank you, God, that we hear your voice. Thank you that you speak to us, sometimes in a loud voice, sometimes in a soft, gentle whisper. Lord, may we always be in tune to hear the words from you. Lord, I ask your blessing upon our time today, upon our service. Speak words to us through worship. Lord, thank you for the word that you have placed on Pastor Steve's heart to speak to us today. Father, I pray we would hear the words and hear from you and receive what you have for each one of us individually today, Lord. But Lord, also what you have for us corporately as a body. May we hear the words and embrace what you want to do. God, thank you for just the love of this church and our community, God, our desire to see many, many people come to know you. Lord, there are many who are lost without your love, without your knowledge of who you are. Jesus, we pray today that this is the day you've made, Lord. And God, we would see many come to know you. Lord, that we would see prodigals run back to you. We thank you for what you have, Jesus. You're all we want. Father, that's our heart's cry and our prayer today. Be all that we want. You're all we need. And we thank you, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, what a wonderful time of worship, huh? So I have a, just a few announcements here that we're going to make. Um. The first one being coming up tonight at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. is our young adult gathering. That is at the home of Dean and Heather Trevasquez. Um, so there is a gate code. So please make sure there's a phone number in the bulletin. Um, get in contact with Dean or Heather. Get the gate code. If not, you're going to be sitting at the gate waiting for somebody who followed the directions that I just gave you. All right. <laughs> At 6 o'clock, so um, that is for 18 to, um, you're not quite grown up yet, no, 18 to <laughs> roughly about 35-ish, um, so we want to encourage you to come out and be a part of that. Sounds like it's going to be a great time and a great gathering up at their home this evening. Also in the bulletin um, is the fundraiser yard sale. Um, the Hope Home is in need of stuff. 
not junk stuff. So please bring your sellable items um, to them to help raise funds for this. It's just really, um, this is a huge blessing within our community, and we're blessed to have it. Um, so I want to encourage you to help be a part of that. Um, it is a fundraiser um, to go towards them and the endeavors of what the ministry is that God has called um, them to do there. Uh, also in the bulletin uh, coming up is a shotgun breakfast on June 12th. That's at Perco's at 8 a.m., a shotgun breakfast. <laughs> I see a lot of donuts. <laughs> oh, man. So Perco's at 8 a.m., then it looks like you're going to head out to the Comanche uh, Hills over to the preserve out there and do some shooting. Sounds like a lot of fun, Richard. Man, that's awesome time. Let's see. What else do we have coming up? Not a whole lot of other things to announce. We do have um, the marriage class happens tomorrow, and then it has uh, been canceled the following week because of the holiday. So just keep that in mind. Um, so that's tomorrow at 7 o'clock here in the sanctuary. And then um, let's see. What else do we have? Honey, <laughs> want to come on up? Oh, we have a new life picnic. Hey, look at that. Coming up September 26th. So. Lots of fun stuff. Save the date for that. <laughs> so we were we were waiting for our kids, our, our family's all supposed to be here, but um, they've not quite made it yet. <laughs> Here's some of them coming in the door. <laughs> so what happens when you have little ones? <laughs> Where's all the moms? Can I get an amen? <laughs> oh, man. So Emily, Garrett, and Rhiannon, uh, welcome in. <laughs> so um, you might be wondering what Rebecca and I are both doing up here, and what we want to share is, first of all, I want to let you know, we're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca told me I need to make that very clear right off the bat. We're not leaving. But what I do want to announce is um, the Lord has, uh, well, Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season, a time for... Um, time for every purpose under heaven. And so what I what I do want to let you know is that um, as of next week, actually, so Rebecca and I are retiring from our pastoral role and position here at New Life. Um, we are going to continue to be here and be part of the family. So that's the disclaimer up front of we're not leaving. I didn't quite say it in that order in first service, and it sort of caught some people off guard. So <laughs> that's... That's what I, see, that's what you're going to miss. <laughs> she keeps me straight. Um, no, uh, let's see. So March, and I have said this a little bit, um, March, this past one was 28 years that we um, first came to what was Victory Life back at the time. And so give you a little bit of history for some of you guys that are, that are, um, are pretty new. Uh, so we came, we had our six-month-old son who is now a dad of a nine-week-old um, child himself. Emily um, did not even exist yet at the time. So that, uh, Beth, you are quick. That is not the picture you just showed me. <laughs> so up on the top is Liam, our grandson, Greg and Alyssa's little boy. And on the bottom right is Rhiannon, Emily and Garrett's little girl. So she is th was three weeks old yesterday. So... Um, but what I want to share is when we came, um, very young parents, I was 23, and Rebecca was 20 at the time when we started attending here. 
And um, from the moment we walked in, it was home. And we had been on about a two-year search early on in our marriage of looking for that place to call home. And when we got here, this, be, this was instantly that place for us. We did not live here. We lived in Diamond Springs. So for seven years, um, we took on the motto, a church alive is worth the drive. And we commuted um, uh, over and back three to four times, most of the time about four nights, four times a week at the time. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Um, so for, if you've been around for a while, we had, uh, multiple things going on. And so, um, it is at this time and season where things have begun to shift. And many of you know, we opened the ice cream candy shop last year and, and I didn't even give a plug on the name. So that's pretty good. Um, last service, but please buy ice cream. I own sweets. I own California. <laughs> Saved it for the Facebook live. No. <laughs> Um, Rebecca has been doing real estate now for five years, um, and so it's just really been a blessing, and, and if you guys know, those of you that are in the real estate market, it has been extremely, extremely a busy season and time, and we knew a while back at some point that this transition would happen, and so I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So over our time from um, 93 up until 2000, Rebecca and I had served in multiple different positions throughout the church. I was on the church council. Um, back in the day, I was a church drummer for five years. I'm not really good, but I could keep a beat. Um, that was important, and so we didn't have any other drummer, so you were stuck with me. <laughs> they were stuck with me. Um, I led worship for about a year um, prior to even Pastor Linda doing that in, during a season of transition. Um, Rebecca worked in the nursery when it was located right where all of you guys are sitting right back there when this was a hallway and this was two rooms. Um, the nursery was there, and then she's led nursery and overseen children's ministry in her time of role. Um, pretty much just about every position with the exception of senior pastor and church treasurer, we've done. However, in, in, the, in between services, I thought of another one. We've not led men's ministry or women's ministry, but we've been involved at different times. So <laughs> what I'm saying is there are always lots of needs, and you don't have to be on the pastoral staff to be a part of helping fulfill those roles. There are needs um, that take place. So we help to do that. In 2000, um, our, when, uh, shortly after, well, we served as elders when Jay and Patty came, pastors Jay and Patty came on as senior pastors in 99. Um, we served a year as elders for them. And then um, our youth pastors left, and so they were senior pastoring and youth pastoring. Early on, when Rebecca and I first got married, we had done youth. I, I actually was a youth leader in, our, in my church that I was, um, had grown up in as a senior in high school. And so when we first got married, we led youth together in another church. So I knew we could do it. Well, our youth pastor left. Rebecca says, hey, what do you think about youth? And I said, nope, been there and done that. <laughs> <laughs> and so we never really had a discussion um, after that time in 2000. So we went through the whole summer. And then in October on a Sunday driving to church one day, I, finally, I said to Rebecca, she didn't know that this had been a little turmoil back and forth with the Lord and I for a while. And, and so in October of 2000, um, the Lord spoke to me. We, uh, we had a conversation on the way to church that said, hey, the Lord's been speaking to me about. And she said, I was basically, I was waiting for you to get on board. Right? <laughs> Probably what the Lord was saying too. 
So we agreed when we got to church we were going to talk to Pastor Jay and Patty that day and see if they wanted to go out to lunch. I, we get here. I walk in the door. Pastor Jay comes right back and meets me right back at that wall and instantly says before I say a word, hey, I want to know if after lunch you and Rebecca can go to lunch or after service you and Rebecca can go to lunch with Patty and I. We want to we see what the Lord's – wait, he said, we believe the Lord's been speaking to you what he's been speaking to us. And, I, and, and like a good person, I turned and I instantly ran away from him. <laughs> and I ran to Rebecca and I said, he knows. <laughs> so the Lord provided um, in that point in time. And so um, as any good Christian would do, I said, well, let us pray for a few more days and then we'll confirm that. You know, and <laughs> so I did. I made him wait till Wednesday. So we confirmed that the Lord, yes, this is what we were going to do and what, the, what we believe the Lord was calling us to do. And so that Saturday, we had a harvest gathering over in Valley Springs at one of the other couple's homes, and they ran around telling the elders that night. And Sunday, we were um, put into position as youth pastors, where we served here as youth pastors for eight years. So from, well, um, November of 2000 until February of 2008, when Pastor Jane Patty had asked us to transition into our assistant pastor role. Um, that was in the midst of recovery. Many of you may or may not know Rebecca had eight strokes in the end of 2007, and that was a scary time, and we trusted the Lord, and um, he brought us through transition, and, and um, very quickly, the Lord just continued to move us in. Pastor Jay and Patty did not let us stop, and we were moved right on in, into our assistant pastor role in February, um, which is where we've been for all this time, so we have served a lot of different positions over the years. Um, it takes all of us together to answer the call of what the Lord what the Lord has. Sometimes it was what was on our heart, and sometimes it was just it needed to be done. <laughs> you know, kind of like the things around your house. Sometimes you have a passion to do it, and sometimes it just has to get done. <laughs> so there were those things that happened. And so um, since 2008, we've been so privileged to be here and be a part of it and be a part of the pastoral team. In 2016, kind of coming up a little bit, um, so for those that have been around for a long time, there was a long season of time where um, as we came through our, our role that it was believed and we believed ourselves that Rebecca and I would at some point senior pastor this church. And um, that, that did not happen. And, and, and I'll tell you what, what did happen. And um, in, towards the end of 2016, and Pastor Steve and Jenny had just come on board Look, not looking to be a part of this <laughs> pastoral team at all. <laughs> and towards the end of 2016, the Lord had spoke to me, and, and he told me at that point that it wasn't me. And, and I knew that. And so um, if you're not aware, I've always been bivocational in my pastoral role for, the, um, for as long as we've been here. I was in retail for 33 years and in management. And so um, really it's, you know, youth pastoring, we were here, um, I was here every Friday, but um, for the most part, my role has happened on Sundays or at staff meeting or periodically any other day off that I could do um, to be a part of it. So um, in 2016, the Lord spoke, and it was a little bit of a blow and yet also a bit of a relief. <laughs> <laughs> So I went to Pastor Jay and I said, hey, I want to let you know the Lord is, it's, it's not me. And so um, at that point, I think none of us knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> but 
You know how when the Lord is beginning to make transition and shift, he brings, the, brings somebody in to, to fulfill the position? And so that's where Pastor Steve and Jenny had come in, unknowing to all of us. And so um, in that time, the Lord um, had asked us to be supportive role to Pastor Jane Patty. And then we knew at some point we would make a transition. And I'll let you share what you shared first service about that part. But um, we knew that there would be a transition in a season of life. And we, um, with what's going on with our business, the real estate, and now our grandbabies and stuff, um, we believe the Lord has, has now released us. Um, you know, believe me, there are times a pastor wants to quit. <laughs> I wanted to quit several different times over the years. <laughs> Anybody else ever want to quit? <laughs> and so um, the Lord didn't, did not let that happen. But uh, what I want to say is it's um, in all of it, it's been a great joy. It's been a lot of great growth for us. Um, we are here and we're family. We're continuing to be here. This is home to us. Um, this has been our home longer than any other home that we've owned in all of the years that we have been here at New Life. Um, we've, we've owned five different homes over our time of our marriage, 31, almost 31 years. And in all of that, we have always been here. So this has always felt home. This church and this family has been through joys and, and, and great times with us. It's been there through heartaches of loss of family. Um. Particularly when my dad passed. So this body is always, always going to hold a special place in our heart. And um, transitioning from role is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It's been a great time. Um, we've, we sat down a couple of months ago with Pastor Steve and Jenny and shared. And so we've been waiting for the right time and transition. And we believed together this was was the time to announce. So as of next Sunday, Rebecca and I will be our last week in our official role. And then in June, um, we're free. No. <laughs> no. So what I want to share is we're going to take two Sundays off. Um, we're going to take the first two Sundays off. The first one we get to the privilege of getting to um, watch our grandson while our kids, Greg and Alyssa, go away for their wedding anniversary. Um, so that's super cool and exciting, and that's where Liam up on the front. Rianne lives with us, so that's super cool. <laughs> um, and then uh, we will be back Father's Day. Um, Father's Day is it's just it's a very special time, um, and I encourage you, don't miss the opportunity to be in our Father's house for Father's Day because he is amazing and incredible. So I know Rebecca wants to share something, and I've rambled a lot of stuff on, but I, I want to say, even though we're transitioning roles, we're here. We love you. As iron sharpens iron, we're gonna, we want to continue to speak into your life and you speak into ours, okay? So some of you might wonder what I do around here. So if you've ever looked at the website, <laughs> if you've ever looked at the website, that's some of the stuff that I do, um, making flyers, making the announcements. Um, mistakes in the bulletin, it's, it's all me. Um, and, and that's for your benefit, so you have something to do, you know, when you're, you're bored, you can find the mistakes. Um, so those types of things, that's what I do around here. If there are um, giving envelopes in the seat in front of you, I do that. Just things like that, that's what I do around here. Um, so I have an office in the front, or a desk in the front office, I should say. And I started, you know, when we made, after we made our 
decision. We talked to Steve and Jenny to give us their blessing on it. I started removing my little things. You know, you have a desk. You put little things that are just yours there. So I started pulling all those little things out. And someone asked me, why are you moving already? You've got some time here. And I said, it's not that I'm moving. I'm just making room for the new person. So I'm saying that to plant seeds in your heart. If there's something that the Lord's calling you to do, there's room for you. There's room for you. I've made room. We're making room. There's some things, some gaps that are going to need to be filled in by you. So I'm just going to leave that there. If the Lord's calling you to do something, it's a good time to do it. Steve and Jenny need your help, too. Amen. So um, I'm going to have you come up in just a second and, and have some gifts and We'll take an opportunity to pray over David and Rebecca, but <clears throat> I just wanted to thank him, and I was thinking about a handful of different things, and um, early on, um, I was in a very similar situation that David and Rebecca and were, when I first came, I felt, felt very comfortable, because, you know, it didn't take a genius to see that, actually, the first Sunday I came, Jay and Patty weren't here, and I was introduced to, to David, and I saw, okay, well, he's the assistant pastor, so we're good. Like we can come here and not have to do much. There's a bunch of people doing things. And I needed that for that. I don't know how long it was, maybe a year, um, maybe. And, and so I felt comfortable that, okay, there's a senior pastor and, you know, they're getting older at some point when they retire, then, you know, it looks like David and Rebecca, they'll take over and, and we're good. We can just come. And, and then as we started going, we started seeing, okay, well, that's, that's not happening. And me and me and Jenny had been in, in a similar situation where it, it looked like we were going to be pastoring a different church, and it didn't turn out that way. And it was a little different situation, but I know the feeling. And it was, we began to, to sit down even when we were first, before we, I think we even came on officially, and just getting to know each other and seeing, how are, you, how are you feeling with that? And how, and it opened up a really good dialogue for us to be very open with each other and honest and, and just share our hearts. And um, I just want to thank you guys for, during that transition, and just being alongside of us, and, and they have so much knowledge, you see all the history of the church, and be able to give us, David's always very good about like, and oh yeah, you know, so and so, I'm like, no, and it's like, okay, now I know, now, and Rebecca just has like this, like, I don't know, Yoda of all this stuff that's been going on for the years, and where stuff's at, and I'm so glad that they're not leaving, because um, you're going to be getting a lot of, hey, by the way, one more time, just one more phone call. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, we had, me and David had had a conversation, I don't know, a few months, I think, into my pastorate, and uh, we'd went to breakfast or lunch or something, and, and we're traveling, and he was talking to me about, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe buying an ice cream shop, and at that time, it was down in Sutter Creek, and, and just saying, you know, I don't know how that fits with pastoring here, and, and I, you know, just, he was telling me, sensing different things, and, um, you know, we had that conversation, and I said, look, I said, whether you stay on, or whether you open up an ice cream shop, I'll support that. And uh, so I, st I still believe that. And um, the way that they went about it, and we had discussion, and, and we both, you know, agreed. It felt very, like it was time. And there's a blessing on that. And, and I said, you know, a yes and amen to that. And um, I'll, even though it is kind of sad, and, and I was kind of poking with David, saying, well, I'm going to miss Rebecca more than you. <laughs> but only because, um, and in some ways probably not so much, but... <laughs> Only because she was in the office, like, all the time. So, you know, having that person in there that you can go to, and then at times she could tell, like, you know, I was struggling or having a hard time. She'd, hey, let's pray. You know, there's just certain stuff like that that you're like, you know, I'm going to miss that. 
and it's been kind of a little bittersweet going, oh, she's packing one more thing going away, or, uh, but, um, and David, you know, just painting inside of here, and just a bunch of different stuff, when you were off, it was like having someone to go, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that, you know, that's so, yeah, if there's some people with skill sets and abilities that just want to, like, serve, and we would love to hear from you, amen, <laughs> so um, if I have the pastors and our um, just leadership team, you know, men's and women's leaders, and um, our pastors, you can come forward, I want to pray and give, and body, if you guys want to come, just reach out your hand, we have some gifts, um, you guys can open them today if you want, or you can open them um, later, whatever you'd like. So, um, I'm going to ask Emily and Garrett uh, and Rhiannon to come up with us, too. I was actually going to ask, um, oh, thank you, Greg and Alyssa and, and, and Liam to be a part of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. By the way, Beth, could you have found a picture that I didn't have a terrible mustache on? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. <laughs> At one point in time, Neva, you remember this, we have a directory, and every man on, all five of us men on, on the pastoral team all had a mustache. I, I did have the worst, just so you know. But <laughs> We're going for beards now. <laughs> but, um, so this is Rhiannon. You want to hold that? You can kind of see her there. <laughs> but we're, we're super blessed. We're so looking forward to um, this season and, and, and what the Lord has in store for us as we um, get the chance to minister to, uh, to our family. And what I would share is... Um, when the Lord called Rebecca and I to minister, he called us to minister together. And um, the first thing that he, the Lord always reminded us is that ministry was always to our family first. Our kids were always a part of everything that we did um, from um, especially our years of, of youth pastoring and U-turn. Um, they were here with us all the time, uh, mission trips all the time. Emily was almost for the very first mission trip that we went on to Mexico and um, just uh, part of, of that, and I would say the, the dynamic of what the Lord has done, um, and so for this season, we're just super blessed to be able to um, pour in as now the next generation of uh, the lineage is, is, is coming along, and so um, it's really been a, a privilege and an honor for you to call us pastor. Um, we're keeping our license. We don't know exactly what that's going to pertain over time, as we've talked with Pastor Steve and Jenny, but... Um, we, we have a little bit of time to, uh, to uh, make some decisions about what we're going to do. Uh, we're not, we are not leaving. Um, Lord, we're, we are not leaving. So, <laughs> uh, man, but um, it, it's been good. So uh, I just want to say thank you to this body and for really the welcome and, and what you guys have just, it's been such a warm family to us for all this time. And we just look forward to um, the different ways that we interact and, um, it's going to be really fun on Sunday to sit back and watch everybody else run around. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows what the Lord might do, Pastor David? <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for David and Rebecca. Lord, we just see you shining your smile down upon today. We thank you, Lord, for the, the unity, Lord, and the harmony, and Lord, for the yes and amen. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that um, the most important thing, Lord, is um, friendship and family. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that those are all intact. Um, we thank you, God, that um, that's going to continue. And that, um, Lord, you want what's best for all of us. It's something you put on my heart about a year ago. And just keep over and over. You have such an amazing ability to 
know what's best for each one of us and want what's best for each one of us all at the same time. I'm so grateful for that. And Lord, um, we thank you that we know that to be so. And we just declare blessing over David and Rebecca in this season, in this transition season. Lord, so many times people don't like transition. And I know there's a lot of times I don't like it either. But Lord, we're so grateful that you always have what's best for us. And I just pray, Lord, as they're transitioning, that's just like another, a shifting of a gear is a transition. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord. I don't, I don't see a downshift. Lord, we just declare there's an upshift. And Lord, we thank you that I know in my own life, Lord, in, in, the, in business, Lord, and in, in a store, in the community, Lord, how much you used me in ministry inside of a store. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, you would bring so many people into that store Lord, not just for a, um, a, a financial benefit, but for a spiritual benefit. Lord, that when they come into the store, Lord, they would be encountered with peace. Lord, that they'd be encountered with your presence. Lord, that there would be something different. Lord, there would be opportunity to, to just pour out light and love on people in Ione, in that community. And Lord, I just pray for divine outpouring and divine opportunity, Lord, for your kingdom's purposes. And Lord, and over Rebecca in the same way, Lord, in the um, commercial, Lord, in real estate, and all those different relationships, Lord, and all those different encounters. Lord, I know in our, our times in the office, Lord, and, and just praying over different encounters she was going to have. And, Lord, seeing your hand in that. And, Lord, and be able to be light and bring hope and bring peace to people through um, a very challenging and, and turmoil time at times, Lord, and people moving and transitioning. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that, that your plans are perfect. Every way that you put before us, Lord, is, is perfect. And every way we thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you give them um, a very good insight and wisdom as they take steps forward. Lord, as they transition, they go forward, and as, as they begin to grab another gear. Lord, I pray that you would just would highlight things for them. You make this transition very easy. Lord, that it wouldn't be um, full of um, fear or worry or, um, or turmoil or stress. That, Lord, you just would, um, your word says, the faith, the, the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordained by God. So, Lord, I pray that you just would lay those steps out. Lord, that as we were praying, even in staff last week, Lord, seeing those, um, I just saw a path, Lord, and stones begin to light up, Lord, for each step to take. And Lord, we just ask that you would highlight that for them going forward, make it very clear for them, and there would be a unity in that. And Lord, just blessing over their family, over their grandchildren, over the um, sons and daughters, Lord, and their family time and relationship, I pray it would be one of the most joyful times in their life. And Lord, that they would be free to enjoy it without the pressures of ministry and the pressures of other people. We just, just pray at a season of enjoyment like they've never had. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Shorty, dessert first. That's my motto. That's our son, Greg and Alyssa, daughter-in-law. Wow, thank you guys. Um, what do we have left to do? Oh wait, offering. <laughs> oh kids, thanks Lourdes. <laughs> I sort of got, got thrown off there a little bit. Um, I wanna say one thing that I said in first service. Um, and, and I did not say it at the time when I was sharing about the transition and um, the Lord providing. We have been through a tough two and a half years. Um, well, it's been a two and a half years with Pastor Steve and Jenny coming in. And the last year and a half has not been easy on our pastor. 
for all of the challenges and changes and everything that's gone on. And I'll just tell you, I don't know if I could have stood in, in the same place that he did and do it. So I'm so thankful that the Lord has provided us uh, a pastor who has been able to withstand all the challenges that has come up throughout this last year plus. So thank you, Pastor Steve, for your leadership, your direction, the guidance, and all that you've endured. Um, boy, it was, it was tough when there were just a few of us in here and we were speaking to the Facebook only and, and all of you guys were having to tune in from home. And so I'm thankful that we get to be back together. I'm thankful for the stance that our pastors made and the Lord has provided the right person for the job. So for everything, there's a season and this is the season that he's called him to be here. So thank you for saying yes. <laughs> so. All right. With that, kids, come on up. Look at this good-looking group. Right on. Right on. Hey, hey. What are we learning today? Lifting up one another to bring us. Yeah. Hey. That's awesome. Hi. <laughs> Would you stretch out your hands as we pray? Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for the children, Lord. God, we thank you for the innocence. We thank you for the trust that they have. Um, Lord, we ask today that you would encourage them in the word and what they learn, bless them, keep them safe, and help them to have a great time and, and retain all of that you have through this lesson for them. Bless them and keep your hand upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys have a great time. Awesome. All right, are you ready to uh, give up our tithes and offerings? <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to receive and then we'll turn it back over to Stephanie and the team. So, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you bring into each and every one of us. Thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Lord, we ask your continued faithfulness and blessing of our body. Lord, we ask for the continued faithfulness of building your church. Lord, that we would continue to reach our goal and see many, many come to know you, Jesus, personally as Lord and Savior of their life. So, Father, we ask that you bless and you would multiply this offering and the ties to continue to meet the needs of pouring into our community with your love in Jesus name. Amen. If you've come prepared, we have the plates up here and then the boxes on the back wall. We'll take a few moments. I'll turn back over to Steph and the team. Father, we purpose right now and fix our eyes upon 